0: And welcome to the Daily Autism Radio Show. This is our extension of dailyautism.com, which is our online platform with all of our social media uh, and video channels and with all of our podcasts as well, dailyautism.com. But it's great to be uh, back on the radio as we are every single weekend all across the Gulf Coast of Florida. My name is Mark. This is my wife, Melissa. We are parents to five kids, and our youngest cow has autism. He was diagnosed in August of 2020. We are three years in officially, right?
1: It feels like it was forever ago. And at the same time, there's so much to learn that I'm like, I feel very new to it at the same time.
0: You never, I think, I I don't like it when people say they're an autism expert Um, because I just, it's impossible actually. Like, you, you could be an expert on something, and then you could say, and then I specialize in that thing with children with autism or people with autism. But to be an expert in autism, I'm like, hey, sit down and tell us everything. You're an expert.
1: Oh, it, my gosh. Every day something's new, yeah, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, the
1: older he gets and new behaviors arise, you know?
0: Writing a book about autism you know, especially like the medical and, and neurological and stuff would be like the scariest thing ever. It literally is probably out of date in 30 days because there is so much daily research going and clinical studies that it's just, I would be so scared to write a book about something that has to do with like the medical and neurological studies and research. Cause it's like, it, it, there's all of these organizations and countries that are working on this stuff. It would just be, Well, this book was good, you know, 14 days ago, and now we're starting to find out that it may not be, it may not be relevant at all. But, you know, that, by the way, is a good thing because, uh, you know, research and studies and conversations uh, continue for the most part. So that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's always changing. So it's hard. I mean, not even the doctors have the answers.
0: Nope. Well, yeah, because they, they, (laughs) they, yeah.
1: Each person is different. Like, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. We were I, I was doing something on um, on our TikTok channel, which has gotten really popular and the conversations going on there with the parents is, is so cool. Uh, you can find that at Daily Autism Podcast on TikTok, at Daily Autism Podcast. But we were talking about getting a handicap placard, a handicap sticker for your car, right? So when you go to the mall or the movies or wherever, you would have access to park in a handicap spot if you have a child with autism. And You know, some people, I mean, it's just, I I mean, I'm not surprised, but I guess I'm, well, I'm not surprised these people exist, but I'm surprised that they still shout what they shout. You know, somebody wrote, how does autism affect you walking? You know, and then I see these people write this and I'm like, oh, geez, what's wrong with these people? But, but then I'm like, oh, here we go. They're about to get it. And sure enough, the parents just jump in and, you know, it's, it's not about the walking. It's about the eloping, which means these kids They'll just take off for no reason. And by the way, they find some type of NFL caliber speed that is unseen in the rest of their lives. Like when Cal decides to elope to take off, I don't know where this speed comes from because it is not how he usually runs and walks.
1: He happened to do that this past week at school. Yeah. He tried to run away yeah. with the therapist and me right next to him. Uh, it, she had a hold of his backpack and he weaseled out of his backpack and I was right there to grab him.
0: Like I said, this is NFL caliber Uh, speed. I mean, they they can move. So that's, that's the point of the, um, uh, of the handicap stickers or placards, because obviously you're cutting down the distance from wherever you have to go to get to the front door of, of whatever the library, the movie theater, you know, the school, whatever. So that's the, that, that is the point of it. It's not about, you can't walk. It's that, do you want a child running through the parking lot, 500 feet away from where they have to go and risk somebody hitting them? So that's, you know that that's the point of that, but where I was going with this is is not about the parent or, or the the people writing occasionally just really moronic stuff, because you talked about sometimes the doctors don't even know. But some people were writing, my doctor will not because to get one of those one of those stickers those handicap placards you have to have a doctor sign off. You just can't apply for one. Not everybody gets them. Right. Um, but some people are saying, no, my doctor will not do it. They do not believe that. My child with autism needs to have preferential parking. And then other people write, oh, my doctor actually brought it up to me that it sh- that, that we should because of the eloping. So it's just interesting, even even among doctors and handicap stickers, how there's disagreement. And, and it's interesting what I started to find is that a lot of the pediatricians from, from what people were writing were the ones that would say, no, I'm not doing that. Then they called their neurologist. And almost all the neurologists were like, absolutely, we'll write it.
1: Because so, the neurologist understands autism. Exactly. And well, I more
0: would, so at least. More so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would say if your um, pediatrician is not going to write off on it, then find a new doctor.
0: A lot of people <laughs> were saying that. I There were people writing that they're on their third or fourth doctor and they're like a couple years in, not even three years in like us, but just a couple years in and they're on their third or fourth doctor because they just keep, they can the one woman wrote a very interesting thing. She goes, I literally was being told by my doctor, everything that Google would, would, would punch up when I would type it in. So she said, I would ask my doctor a question and whatever the doctor was giving back, she would then go home and Google her question. And and the doctor, it was exactly what the doctor was saying. She's basically saying that her doctor is just Google, is basically Google. Oh my gosh. And she's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to take my child to that. um, You know, just so you can just repeat what Google says. And I understand that too. That's, you know, that's tough. I think, you know, the, there should be some pediatricians. At some point, they should probably just say, hey, I, I can't handle autism. I, you know, I just, I just can't. You know, you're just going to have to find a pediatrician that kind of has taken the time to understand it. It's not like you have to. I'm not saying you should go to, like, separate schooling or something, but you should just be able to have an understanding that these children present themselves differently than the other kids who are what everybody calls now typical neurotypical right. kids. Yeah, I mean you just have to have an understanding that they're different. The parents are going to ask different questions, they might have different expectations, they might have different concerns, like it's it's just different and like that's okay. That's okay. But for some reason, it does seem that the pediatrician community is is a bit divided on this. You know, where you have some that really, I mean I see I see them on Instagram and social media, some of the pediatricians they're really asking great questions. They it's like they care. And then you have some that you hear the stories, at least, or the parents are like, they, they they don't even factor in autism in anything that they do for our kids.
1: You do have to have a pediatrician that is interested in helping you because I put Cal's pediatrician to work. I mean, she has to do a lot of stuff. As you should. Like, she has to do referrals and scripts and find, yeah. find whatever I'm asking her to find. You know what I mean? Yeah. But well, as far as the handicap sticker and the eloping, transitioning is such a huge part of autism. You know, going in and out of a building is a big deal. Big deal. So uh, parking uh, closer uh, is very important. Yeah.
0: And then obviously the, the other side to that is, I mean, you're dealing with people driving cars, right? right? So the car versus the person, the car is usually always going to win. And I mean, anymore, nobody cares about speed limits, especially in a parking lot. People just flying by, right? you know, and, and it's, I try to get people to understand this too. It's It's a lot of protection for the other drivers. I mean, do you want to hit a child, even if it's not your fault? Even if they just, I mean, but do you want to go through that? Do you right. want to injure a child? Do you want to deal with the police and the insurance and the and the emergency medical services and all the paperwork and all of the, you know, I mean, do, do you want to go through that? Because I, I I think even, I, I always try to put myself, okay, I don't have a child with autism. So sometimes I try to put myself in that situation. I wouldn't want to hit a kid, like, right. e- even if it's the kid's fault. I don't want to hit the kid. I know. I don't want to hurt the kid. I don't want the parents to be upset because they have an injured child. I don't want to deal with the police report, the insurance. I I don't want to. I don't know. People don't think about that maybe sometimes. but um, So it's interesting things like that. And and by the way, it's probably a good opportunity for us to say, because I was doing this research independently, it is possible and very likely if you want to get a handicap sticker for your car or placard, that you can do that. And so go to your DMV website, wherever you live, Usually, there's a form. If not a form, there's at least a process. And typically, that process involves you going to a doctor. And again, it doesn't have to be a pediatrician. It could be any doctor that that is um, prescribing care for your child. So with autism, there's usually several doctors. Right. Pediatrician, neurologist. Um, th- there's... Um, uh, I mean, there's, I'm, I'm forgetting now the name of the other, the, the other doctors, but psychologist, psychologists, um, th- there's psychotherapy. I mean, there's all kinds of doctors usually that are brought in for different, you know, uh, needs with autism. So you just need one to say, yeah, yeah, I think this child, it's a danger to elope. And I see a value in you being very close to a building to get into the building quick. And then when you get out of the building to get to your car quick. Yes. It's so, all about safety, all about safety, you know, and we're trying so hard and we we really try to, help other people do this, to go out and be social and try not to avoid baseball games and the circus and the fair and, you know, the food truck convention and little league games and everything. Well, part of making that a little bit easier and safer, really, I mean, it's it's safer, is maybe having a handicap parking spa, uh, pass. So that yeah, might be something to try. There's nothing worse than chasing your kid down when it's 95 degrees through a parking lot um, or... You finally get your child who's having a meltdown, and that could be triggered by anything, but then you have to carry him. I mean, Cal's like every bit of fifty-five pounds now.
1: I know, so he's it's heavy. Yeah,
0: and so. But th-
1: in a meltdown, he's a hundred.
0: R- right, right. So it's it's just one of those things where it just makes way too much sense to maybe try and do this. And when we got into this, we got into it like we. <laughs> Like we went to a seminar and applied. But when when Cal got diagnosed with autism, the last thing I thought about was a handicap sticker. I mean, that's just... But now it's like, oh, wow, you can get them. And and it actually makes sense.
1: makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, some of the parents were writing, they have to redo the logo. They're like, the logo is very misleading because it's a person in a wheelchair, which, you know, initially that was the design. Right. You know, and I don't get hung up on words and logos and people get all uh, uh, upset. But I understand the sentiment of... There are people who get angry. They see that sticker. They see the wheelchair, but then they see you walking with your child. And there's been I've read there's been reports of people stopping their car and getting out and yelling at families. You're abusing the system. There's people that really need this, and th- and it's like you and, have no idea. Yeah, you have no idea. I mean, you're <laughs> ma- you're making such a an instant judgment on a situation that you just know nothing about. But it does happen. I mean, I I've, I've seen parents recently, as of yesterday, write. I've had friends that were yelled at because, you know, people were like, you know, who can't walk? Why do you need that? Da, 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 da. You know, it's so they're like, I'm scared to get it because I don't want to have to go through that, you know, which I always just say, hey, just, you know, live your life, move on. Don't let it someone else's opinion become your reality. Yeah. But but I do understand that. I mean, I I that's out there for sure. You,
1: I can totally see people doing that, Yeah, which you, I'm like, mind your own business.
0: Right. I would <laughs> I would just keep on going. Yeah. Do you what's know.
1: best for you and your family.
0: Sure. And if you if you have this pass legitimately, then you are, you're fine. What's, what are they going to do?
1: Yeah, you're you know, able to have it. They're going to call mean, the
0: police and then you just show the police the documentation and that's it. Right. Yeah. But I would imagine that that would make a lot of families feel better is getting that, that handicap pass and being able to utilize that. So we throw that out there because I think it's really good information. It's stuff that a lot of parents don't think about. But my gosh, especially in the dead of summer in this heat. And likewise, if you live somewhere where it gets ice cold, same thing, you would want that. Um, and, you know, you don't want to carry your child, you know, 450, 500, 1,000 feet to get to a building.
1: Well, I think it's really good that you thought about it because I never even thought about it.
0: Yeah, well, I, 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 I again, just for safety reasons, first and foremost. But then, yes, there are reasons of reasonable convenience, you know carrying another human body 50 60 80 100 pounds it's just it's not reasonable yeah during a meltdown we shouldn't expect parents and grandparents to do this you know we should make it easier on them like it's okay you know so i think those are important things we got to say thank you to our uh, our title sponsor Tracy Slepsevic. I should. We should get Tracy's opinion on that because I think she would. She always has like really good opinions on stuff like that. Well, next time uh, we talk to her, I'm gonna ask her about that. Tracy Slepsivic, she is the Warrior Mom. Her book is Warrior Mom, and you can get it at warriormom.org. This is a mother's journey in healing her son with autism. Look, it's an awesome story, and I, I think that's kind of what I what I want to say. I think sometimes I've given too much away about the book when we talk about it. Um, It's a great story, um, first off, because it's real, but second off, Tracy really incorporates usable, actual usable information, stuff that you can put into practice. She just goes into detail of how she did it, how you can do it. It's easy to understand. WarriorMom.org, and I would invite you to follow Tracy uh, on all of her socials, which you can get on her website. Also, she is launching the Autism Health Summit coming in February, San Antonio. Awesome, big, beautiful resort in San Antonio, Texas, with awesome speakers, awesome opportunities. Um, there's there, there's movie releases going on. There's a happy hour for parents. I mean, this is really. Really cool and really beneficial. She is bringing in the titans of the autism industry. You can get details and even buy tickets now. They're on sale at autismhealth.com. And that is Tracy's Autism Health Summit. So autismhealth.com. We're excited for that. It February. sounds like a lot of fun. I was looking at the resort and I was talking to Tracy and I was like, you, you hit a grand slam with this uh, resort. There's a water park. There's a, there's a... I'm actually, I don't want to show the kids that we're going to this because they're going to all ask to go. Right. And, and we can't have that because we got to be focused for this. But um, you certainly can bring your kids. We're just trying to not we're avoid having to bring ours. Right. Yeah. Maybe we're using it as a little getaway also. That's okay, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and that brings up a good point, like about flights. You know, um, and what is right. it, American Airlines or Southwest?
0: Well, they're just one of them, American. I get into so much trouble now, especially on TikTok, because I'll I'll, I'll name a company that's doing something. And then people will come on and go, oh, well, you're just ignoring all the other companies that do. I said, no, I just haven't researched 15,000 airlines that do this. I found like four and now you can go find the rest if you want. Right. But yeah, so people get mad and they're like, some not people, but occasionally some people were like, why aren't you talking about the rest? So th- this is um, a program that American Airlines did a very good job marketing. That's probably why I was so e- easily able to find it. You know what I mean? So I have to give them credit. They marketed it very well.
1: Which is, this is something I want to do.
0: They're practice flights. And so so what happens is, is you get to an age, and parents of autism get to an age, and they go, "We haven't had a vacation." Hey, I'm actually raising my hand. Have we ever taken Cal on a vacation?
1: Not anywhere that we had to travel. I mean, well, no. That is
0: a vacation. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm it's, saying the answer it's, is no. We okay, have never fine. been on a vacation. Yeah. What? That's what you do on a vacation. You travel. What? I mean,
1: no. <laughs> you don't we walk, left for her. Walk out
0: your front door and you're on vacation. No. Yeah, leave it running from a hurricane. I'm sorry, I'm not putting that in the vacation box. That's I'm sorry, that didn't count.
1: Yeah, I and enjoyed, not a one night stay at an Airbnb.
0: I enjoyed none of that, by the way. I know we probably spent more money doing that though than going on a vacation after getting price gouged in Georgia as we crossed the Florida line. But that's another. Uh, that's and this just is third season. Show. Yeah, we're in it right now. But American Airlines is offering this program, and a lot of other airlines are doing it as well. Uh, where you go, and so what happens is you go and you you park at the airport. You take bags, right? Obviously, you're not you don't pack bags, but you take take suitcases, empty suitcases, and you go through the whole process of checking in, the 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 check-in counter. You go through security. You wait at the gate. You board the airplane in in the numbers that they give you. Everything as if you're going on an airplane ride, okay? And you're with your child with autism, and the siblings can go too because you want to make this as real as it's going to be, as if on the day that you're going to travel. So you get on the plane, the airline people, they go through their safety checks and, and you know how they get on the microphone and they do their thing. They buckle up all the noises, whatever. And you actually, they they do speed down the runway. Now the plane does not take off. The plane does not take off. That's, I mean, you know, I mean, you're talking now about, Burning a lot of gas, and you probably need you know special. You can't just you just can't pretend take off and turn around and come back, right? Right.
1: But I love every bit of this because Cal learns step by step like that. Yeah, and he has to be taught everything. Yeah, they simulate. So he has to learn to fly.
0: Right. They simulate the whole thing as if as if it's going to happen. So uh, you know the, the the airplane gets up to speed, then they slow it down, and they turn around the runway, and you come back. But it's not over yet because. The beginning, hopefully the beginning to every flight also has an ending to flight where you actually you have to get off and that's a process. So they do the whole, you know, the people in the front get off first, people grab their suitcases and then you walk off. the. So they go through that whole process. So they do the whole thing aside from being in the air and flying. And I realize that's an important component to it as well. But this is really a great start to this whole thing. And so American Airlines has a really big program. They do it in a lot of their major uh, cities. I mean, they're in all the major cities, but they do this in a lot of their cities. There are many other airlines that do this, not all the size of American Airlines. Some of them are, are small airlines. Somebody was um, sent me something in Seattle, a real small airline that goes to like uh, Alaska, I think. But they do this, you know, and it's just a great it's a great start for giving families a chance to maybe go on a vacation one day. You know, I think I'm more than happy to give my business, I think anybody's happy to give their business to an organization that's stepping out and trying something new for families of autism, right? Yeah, I love it. I I just think it's great. I mean, I just think it's awesome. So um, and I should mention, it's not just airlines that do this. It's also uh, airports that do this. So sometimes the airport does their own deal with the airlines and they do this. So if you can't find, like, let's say, a certain airline, you might live in a smaller city, call the actual airport. The airport might do it themselves. They might say, oh, yeah, we have a deal with this airline that flies out of here, but we coordinate it, not the airline. Okay. So call the airport. Um, I, 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 somebody sent me a whole list of airports, like like 15 or 20, and I, of course I can't remember any of them right now, but there are airports that do it as well. So I think that's um, that's something really good to, to look into. I mean, I would like to think one day that even though Cal has autism, that we're able to get on an airplane together as a family, because we've never done it. We've never, our oldest is going to be out of the house soon. He's 16, Mm -hmm. you know, time, the clock's ticking, you know, he's going to, you know, kids move on and and it'd be nice if we could all get on an airplane together and go, even if, you know, we've always said, even if we can just fly down to the Keys, which, you know, you know, I mean, 25, 30, 40 minute flight from us, but gosh, but that's perfect. That's huge, right? Yeah, to be able to, I mean. to, yeah, to be able to do that would just be really cool. So, um, again, you know, part of us doing this, uh, daily autism radio show and, you know, our media platform dailyautism.com is to just research, analyze, talk about, and have conversations with autism families about the opportunities that are out there. I, I didn't know anything that, all of these opportunities are out there and it doesn't mean they're all going to work. They're not all for everybody, but, but many are for a lot of people. And, you know, so we just decided we'll start doing the research. Nobody else is doing the research. No one's having the conversations with the parents. So let's do it. So we we really are finding some cool stuff.
1: Yeah. And we're three years in and there's so much that you just found with all the research. You know, I'm like, I can't believe I didn't know about that.
0: Yeah. And part of that though, too, I mean, I'm working at this. I got to give myself a little bit of credit. I'm working at this.
1: Yeah, you are. But
0: part of it is, honestly, is there's really great organizations that are... I don't know if they're hiring new people that are just opening their eyes to these things or they're just making decisions based on what they're observing in society. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, I think it's really good. I'll give you another example. Chuck E. Cheese. um, They're doing their sensory Sundays. So they open two hours early on Sundays. Now, like I do on the social media videos call your local Chuck E. Cheese, you know, this is their corporate policy, but they, they adjust it sometimes locally, but you go, they they have the light, the lights are not, you know, they have those games and the lights are crazy and everything. So they don't do that. The sounds of the machines are turned down. The music's turned down. So from a sensory point of view, it is a, um, it's lower. Yeah. It's, it's a more dimmed experience from a sensory perspective which a lot of these children with autism, um, they Get need
1: overstimulated. Yeah.
0: And so they can walk in and it's not a shock. It's not like a, a complete and total environmental shock to their system. Um, so that's an example. And you know, I, it's funny, not funny, but you know, there were people writing, Oh wow. Two hours on a Sunday. Gee, thanks Chuck E cheese. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. A year ago it was nothing. Like it, it's they're trying, they're trying. You know what I mean? Like, like they're trying. These are good, positive steps. Right, right. Be grateful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sure. I wish there was a place, you know, where it was called, you know, sensory cheese, and you would go, and then, <laughs> you know, Chuck E. Cheese could do sensory cheese, and Aww. you, and it's all, uh, you know, that the whole way. Maybe they'll get there someday, but it's a step in the right direction. And uh, people are, I think, you know, really. Uh, a lot of these organizations are, are just trying It Walmart's doing a back to school thing on the weekends. Um, the first two hours on a Saturday are sensory, and they're doing that through August, you know, and, and again, there's people, oh, geez, one day, and, and it's like, I, they're trying, just like we're trying. I mean, I feel like the parent, like we're trying, like we, we're we so tired and stressed out and we're thinking about a million different things. And um, so they're trying too. and I think that I think a lot of these organizations are trying to see if they get it right. You know,
1: Well, I think it's all positive stuff and it should give people hope, you know, and you should be grateful. You know, it's nice that the, these companies are doing it and giving giving us a chance to be able to go. Exactly. And they probably want to see how many people are going to come.
0: Well, I think, you know? I think that's the thing. I think they're like, okay, if we institute, you know, a special program um, for the families of autism, let's make sure, A, there's a need for what we do in our business, and B, can we do it right? Right. So I think doing it early on a Saturday morning for a couple of hours is a good way for them to see, okay, we're not going to have a lot of other people here, our normal shoppers, so let's see if we're doing it right for the families of autism. If they determine that they're doing it right, then maybe you know they can expand it. That would be great, but maybe they'll figure out, hey- we're just doing okay. Here's how we can make it better, or we're not doing it right at all. We've got to go back to the drawing board. All of that are good, right? Well,
1: and they have to learn too, right? It's I like, mean, we, just like
0: we do. I mean, the parents, like, I mean, how many things did we used to do that we don't do anymore because we screwed up a lot, a, a million, right? <laughs> but sometimes it, when it happens with a business or a company, everybody just wants to throw eggs at them and scream and yell, and it's like get over yourself like they're trying you know
1: right it, that just reminds me of the rays in the sensory room right and even them putting a sensory rooms in places like stadiums you know for it's, different sporting events they have to learn and they had a really good setup there they, i mean they, th- their whole staff was trained when I, they brought us there. they knew exactly I was what very to do impressed.
0: they they had people the security guards and the ushers on the walkie-talkies, every level we would get to. Now, this is the Tampa Bay Rays in St. Pete, uh, Tropicana Field. They had people at every gate on a walkie-talkie telling people that we were on the way. Remember, they were holding elevators for us on certain floors, and they knew the system. We get up there, and they're like, hey, we just had a family in there, so we're cleaning it, and when the cleaning's done, you're next to go in. We went in, and they were like, stay as long as you need to. But
1: we were escorted in. It was very nice.
0: We were escorted out. When we left, they called for the cleaning crew. They came in. They wiped everything. The next people were coming. It was really well done. So, um, okay, yeah, there's one suite. It's a great start. Yeah. It's a great start. Maybe there'll be two one day. Maybe there'll be three. Maybe there'll be ten. I don't know, but it's a great start. We're really appreciative for it. Um, They also do the bags, too. That's the other thing that, that we should probably talk more about. Some people may not ever need the sensory suite, which is fine. But they do the bags when you walk in. You go, you show them your driver's license. They give you a sensory bag. So you've got the headphones.
1: You have a weighted a,
0: blanket. Weighted blanket. Fidget toys. These little toys. And so, again.
1: Th- They're th- trying. Thank you. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, that wasn't there 10 years ago. I guarantee you that. You know what I mean? Like, I guarantee you that. So it's it's really cool.
1: Well, and I was very thankful for the headphones because there's loud noises at oh, a baseball yeah. game.
0: That's, yeah. That's Yes, that's the, that's a big deal. I think the one thing we learned um, was when somebody hits a home run, and, mm-hmm. and the the they kind of simulate almost fireworks,
1: lights. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's, you know. And he um, did not like
1: that part. No, but the whole experience was good. Besides that,
0: yeah, I'm good with like singles, doubles, and triples. I I don't I don't want to go home. I don't want to do home runs. Anymore.
1: That was a year ago. We got to get back.
0: <laughs> we do. That, he actually had a great. I mean, that that you know, I, it's funny. We talk about we haven't been on vacation. Uh, since he was diagnosed with autism, but that was probably our first big, that was our first big family outing. We all went to the baseball game
1: and the kids had a blast. And a lot of
0: families do that like two days a week in baseball season. And that was like our first time. And I was nervous the whole time I was nervous driving there. I was nervous leaving there. And people say, well, why would you be nervous leaving there? I was, I was nervous. Cause it went so well. I was like, can we do this again? Will it ever go this good again?
1: He, looking at those pictures in the video that you posted, he's like so much bigger now.
0: I know. He's looked like a little baby there. But, but it was yeah. only a year ago, like you said.
1: And like you said, you were nervous, but it's like he's either going to love situations or hate them. Like yeah. even flying. He's right. either going to love it or hate it. Yeah. Maybe he'll love it and we can go all the time.
0: Flying is w- will be something, you know, interesting. I talk to a lot of autism families and, and flying is really kind of that thing where they all want to do, but we're really stressed to to do it. Something we can do in our backyard and it feels very close to a vacation. And we do this is we take the family to the original Krabby Bills on Indian Rocks Beach. This, that is probably the closest we've been to a vacation. I In feel like it's
1: time. our home away from home. It
0: is. It is our vacation. <laughs> I mean, we've got you know the tropical atmosphere. Um, the the they keep winning awards and it makes so much sense. Um, their food is unbelievable. I mean, I, we've been living off the grouper there forever. Um, it remains our son Tyler's favorite item on the beach is the original Krabby Bill's grouper sandwich. And yeah. It is every
1: birthday. Every it That's is go to.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's been his birthday meal yeah. for. Gosh, seven years now. It's crazy. But thank you to the original Krabby Bills. They're great supporters of the community that they serve. And um, we just really appreciate them supporting Daily Autism, DailyAutism.com. And you know, kind of it's it's funny, kind of what we told them is listen, special needs families need to go out. And and we just want to encourage people to go to Krabby Bills because you do feel like you're tucked away on an island somewhere. They have live music every day in the loading dock. Um, they're doing this huge lobster celebration now.
1: Yeah, Maine Lobster Fest. It goes oh, till September twenty fourth.
0: September twenty fourth. Yeah, we got over a month. I mean, so you're gonna want to check out the original Krabby Bills online and their Facebook page to get all the lobster details. But thank you again to the original Krabby Bills. I wanted to get to something coming up. I this is again just more research that that I did, but utility bills. <sighs> Utility bills are punishing right now. I mean, they are punishing people. It is outrageous what is going on. I think what I want to do is I've found about five, six, seven opportunities for special needs families to maybe get some help on the utility bill. Because, you know, we heard, you know, during uh, the coronavirus, you know, oh, well, bills are going to go up because people are home all day, you know, and then it was inflation. And now I don't know what it is, but it just seems like every month the utility bills are getting higher and higher and higher. And what a lot of people don't realize is special needs families, like autism, for instance, Cal, when he's home, every light and every fan has to be on. It's true. Now, if you're somebody listening and you have no experience with autism, first off, we appreciate you because you must find it's just so incredibly interesting that you can't relate to anything we're talking about, but you're just listening anyway, and we appreciate <laughs> that. But I will tell you, for you for you that are doing that, uh, you, you and people would say, oh, just turn the lights off, turn the fan off. That's just not how it works. No, it's we that, don't want to melt It's very painful for a child to, to just do that kind of thing. So those are examples of about why you need to have, you just use more power and more electricity. But coming up, I've got these ideas that I have found that a lot of special needs families are starting to use to get some control over their utility bill. And before that, I want to talk about a remarkable organization, funfactorysensorygym.com. You can also link to them through dailyautism.com. I got to tell you, you start watching their videos on YouTube, go to their website and you can't stop. Their latest YouTube shorts are awesome. Their updates on on Facebook But FunFactorySensoryGym.com, they're the leading manufacturer of custom sensory gyms and equipment. Uh, They've been featured on NBC before. The NBC video, the episode uh, that's on their website, is truly awesome. So what they're doing is creating a state-of-the-art multi-sensory environment for kids who need it. Now, they do this in a commercial capacity, so Uh, We've got a lot of entrepreneurs of autism that are opening up businesses and and need these type of of services, this equipment, the installation. They also do this uh, in a residential capacity in people's homes. Um, This is important stuff. You know, our son, Cal, he needs this experience. He flat out needs it. And it makes the families, us, feel great when we watch him getting it, watching him get engaged, having fun, and getting all of those sensory needs in that environment that he really, really needs. This is overwhelmingly positive funfactory sensory gym.com invite you to check them out subscribe to all their social medias and again you can link to them through dailyautism.com. and we've actually got some big news coming up uh towards the end of the year we're going to be really creating some great stuff with FunFactorySensoryGym. sensory gym again check them out online funfactory sensory gym.com all right as promised special needs families specifically families of autism and the utility bill. You know, we, we've talked about before on episodes the, the cost, j- just the raw financial cost of raising a child in America. And then you strike that against the raw financial cost of raising a special needs child, specifically a child with autism in America. Uh, we've showed you the numbers. I mean, you're talking about from a difference of hundreds of thousands, and then you get into the millions and millions. And a lot of people outside of the special needs family environment have a hard time understanding that. And I get it. I mean, how do people know things if they're not really experiencing that environment? I mean, I I kind of understand that. I think it's more than generous and nice when people take the time to try to learn it. But at the same time, I don't have an expectation for people to know. One of those things, though, uh, are the utility bills. And the reason why is several, but special needs families tend to be home more. Um, it's it's harder to go out. It's harder to be social. So you're utilizing uh, things at home. You're consuming things at home, and more often than not, that takes electricity. I mean, if you're you're cooking, you're watching TV, you're online. There's just a, a, you know a, millions of things. I mean, th- 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 you could you could just keep going and going. And and we had made uh, Melissa and I had made the reference before we went to a quick break about Cal, and everybody's kind of version of autism is different. Cal demands that every light and fan be on while while he's at at home. And sometimes I say demand in parents. You know, this is and this is kind of the, the the parenting lifestyle of you know, oh you know, put them in a room and close the door and and tell them that they can't eat dinner or whatever. None of that stuff works with autism. That, this is not. The uh, typical disciplinary where, you know, um, your your kid didn't come home on time and they're grounded or something. that, that That's just a different world, right? It doesn't exist. That, that is not what this is about. So this isn't about Cal demanding and saying, I want the lights on because I know you don't want me to have the lights on. No, part of his sensory part of his comfortability is he wants the lights to be on. He wants the fans to be moving. It, that makes him comfortable. His sensory, all those feels in the environment, he needs that to be comfortable. He can he can become upset. He can have meltdowns if those things aren't happening. And when you get into the special needs world, you, you, it's, a lot of it is just you start measuring the risk. Okay, if I say I'm turning the lights off and the fan off, well, then you have aspects of autism, of self-harm, um, just overall sadness. I mean, the child can become very upset. And so you just say, okay, this is part of of life, an aspect of his life that makes him comfortable. It makes him happy. He wants to see the fans moving. It it makes him feel good. He likes the feel of the air. And so we do that because we love our son and we want him to be happy and comfortable. And we'll do everything we can to, to make sure that he is. But as you know... It's not free, right? Running the electric uh, r- running the fans in the light, it's not free. I can't call the electric uh, company and say, hey, hey, you don't understand uh, let me let me tell you you know and then they say, oh no problem. Yeah, I, we'll give you free electricity. It doesn't work so you have to pay the bill. And so what happens is a lot of families, because of all of these other expenses as I mentioned before, just the overall cost of a special needs families are high. on top of this current whatever is going on in the world that running your microwave today, is you know 9 times more expensive than it was 2 years ago and we we can't get a good we can't we well i think we can get a good reason why but we can't get the honest reason why right they they can say this and it sounds good to people, but I'm not sure that it's the honest reason. Either way, it's just more expensive. Bills are going up. People go to the mailbox to get the electric bill. It goes up. You pay online. You go to your bank. You're like, wow, I am paying 30 to 40 to 50 percent more than I used to, and and people use this. I mean, what you used in electricity a year or two ago is pretty much on par with what you're using today. It doesn't change a lot, right? It just it, it you know unless you moved in 15 people, right? It just it doesn't change a lot. So I wanted to find some programs that would help. Families of autism to try to get the electric bill down because I know that there are just crushing other bills, other debt. Uh, another aspect of this that people don't understand, the job loss that is so common with families of autism. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's hard. I, I, people don't understand it unless you're living it. But, you know, you lose your job more often than not. And people say, why? It that that makes no sense. Well, try going to work after not sleeping for four days. Try going to work when your child's having a, a meltdown that's lasts for two days, you know, and 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 eventually your boss goes, I'm sorry, you can't work here. I need people to show up. And, and you know, it, it, it's just the way the world is. And so I found some of these programs to try to help with the utility bill. And some of these are, are, are public programs and some of them are private um, programs. So, you know, first off, uh, I want to talk about um, the medical baseline programs. And again, here's the deal. You have to call your utility company and say, I am asking about this, 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 and that, okay? You need to call fully ready to go with all these programs, because typically they're not going to just say, oh, we offer all of this and all of that, and if that doesn't work, we'll offer this too. You've got to be asking the questions, right? You almost have to put them in the corner of, hey... I need help, I need real help, and I'm asking about these specific um, programs. So, uh, a mer- uh, medical baseline programs, you need to call and ask about do they offer a medical baseline program? Another one is PIP, P-I-P-P, and without going through, you know, a lot of these are acronyms and everything, but basically a lot of these uh, companies will offer a program where you pay a percentage of your income. Now, you do have to show, which I fully support, proof of hardship in a lot of these situations, right? Like you you need to be able to, because we can't have people taking advantage, so many people taking advantage, and then some of these programs go away because of that, so you got to show proof of hardship, but P-I-P-P, You'll pay a percentage of your income, which will always be less than the actual bill itself. They'll never take more than what your bill would be. That obviously wouldn't make any sense, okay? So medical baseline programs, that's one. PIPP program. um, Another one is emergency assistance programs. And that is, you know, you may have suffered... uh, for instance, a a sudden job loss, okay, or your business got shut down and you have a special needs child and you can't pay your bill. So they kind of evaluate that. um, They kind of evaluate that on a case by case basis. Weatherization assistance programs. Now, this is one that when I talk to people, they look at me like I just landed from Mars in a green spaceship. Weatherization assistance programs. Look it up see what they can do for your electric bill. Again, they'll come in, and and, and this is and some of these are income-based, but you want to look at these programs to see if they can help you. Can they get you the right equipment on your house to lower your utility bill? Um, there's a variety of other things that they can do. They look at windows, they look at roofs, but weatherization assistance programs. Uh, utility company hardships. Typically, what they will do is say, okay, you are going through a hardship because of this, 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 and that. And again, you'll have to show them documentation, tell your story. Now, usually when it comes from the utility company, they don't forgive the payment. But what they will do is they'll say, listen, you know, this month, next month, and the following month, we'll cut your payment 50%, and then we'll add 10%, you know, after 90 days to each bill or something similar, okay? So, so they can kind of find more creative ways for you to make more affordable payments, and help you that way. That is called utility company hardships. And then finally are the nonprofit and charity components. There are more than you think. Uh, I did a video on social media the other day, and I couldn't believe the comments from people. They were giving us great information. Um, the Catholic charities offer a lot. Um, there, there, there are several, several Salvation Army has some, but there are several other organizations as well that'll step in. So you need to ask you're, again, you need to call your utility company and say, I've got questions about all of these programs, the, one, the ones that I've just listed, and ask them for the numbers, the names, the email addresses to all of them. Okay. Now, they may say, hey, we don't do anything with that. Okay, That's fine. Go to the next one. Oh, we don't do that. Fine. Go to the next one. They're going to offer something with one of these. Okay, With one of these, they're going to offer something, whether it's medical baseline programs, the PIPP, emergency assistance, weatherization assistance program, a utility company hardship, or the nonprofit charity sector, so they'll be able to say yes, we work with this charity. Here's the number you have to call. Sometimes they're individual churches. People pe- people have uh, researched, and so there may be a large church in your area, and they have uh, they have a deal with a utility company, and you submit your bill, and they say, okay, this person's got three kids, they've lost their job, they have a child with autism, and they just need help keeping the lights on, and um, th- they'll direct you to to that church or that nonprofit organization. So those are some ways. Those are some ways to get some help with the utility bill. Again, if you want to reach out to us, dailyautism.com, link to our channels where we do this research, we provide the videos, we have the conversations online. That is dailyautism.com. We just did a great video about the Lyft Academy. We are so lucky in Pinellas County, really all of Tampa Bay, to have the Lyft Academy. They are a remarkable, remarkable organization for our children who have autism and their families. They are opening up their new campus. It is ready to go now in fall in Clearwater, a really magnificent facility. But this is an impressive organization. You can check them out at liftfl.org. Here's one of the most impressive things, aside from their just phenomenal staff. I love their their commitment to the child individually, um, their stance on bullying. They provide an, an, an environment that is just safe, is productive for the student, for the family, for the staff. But more than 95% of their students are utilizing scholarships, and they will walk you through that process. They are committed. They are committed to the community that they serve. The Lyft Academy. Uh, I really invite you to, to to you know when you go to their website, do research, and talk to people, parents who who are trusting Lyft with their with, with their children day in and day out. They have some awesome programs, even above. Uh, the schooling. They just have some awesome programs. We're going to be doing a lot of work with them. The Lyft Academy, again, they are open now in Clearwater. They're they're registering now for this brand new camp. This is going to be their first uh, semester, uh, in a sense, there at, at, at Clearwater. They have just put so much time, energy, and resources. But I just love the story of Lyft, of how they got started, and why they got started. The why is so important to special needs families. Um you know, there's organizations that do good work, and then there's just organizations that do work by great people. And that certainly is a Lyft Academy, liftFL.org And again, more than 95% of their students utilizing scholarships, and they will help you in that process. So reach out to Lyft. Um, and if you're a family or a parent, we, we have a lot in our audience. People listen for their, their extended family, because they have a niece or a nephew, special needs. you know they have a, a good friend and their child, or they have a coworker or a neighbor. So um, I'd invite you to share Lyft Academy with them, and, um, and of course, you can also link to Lyft Academy through dailyautism.com. You know, so much of, of what we do here at dailyautism.com and the radio show of course all the podcasts and social media videos is trying to connect parents. Who need help, need information, need resources. I think that was one of the things when we first started dailyautism.com was, where does, where does kind of the, the tribe of parents who are newly diagnosed with, their child's newly diagnosed with autism, where do we go? Where, who do we have conversations with? What do we do for safety? You know, how do we stay, you know, social as a family? And so we just like to provide as much information, uh, really it's the information we wish we had, even just a short three years ago. But, you know, as I span uh, online, as I have conversations with people, as I travel and talk to people and um, and talk, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on, because I don't think there's anything more important than the safety of your child with autism. We talked before about the handicap stickers, and the real reason is not the walking, it's it's the eloping and all of a sudden running away in a parking lot. And so the closer you can be to a building and front doors, well, the, the more you would cut down the opportunity of them taking off into a parking lot. But what about simply having a fence around your property? Well, as you know, because everything now is just outrageously expensive, um, and, and we keep being told that it's getting cheaper, but I, I, every time I go to the grocery store, I, I, <laughs> it's, it's, it just keeps going up. But I want to talk to people about um, your insurance and, and whether that's private insurance whether it's Medicaid, whether it's a Medicaid waiver, whatever position you find yourself in. But having a fence built on your property, we hear so often of these children. uh, It's called eloping. uh, And if you're a special needs family, you understand that term. If not, I know it's a little bit different. But but it's just running away. It's just taking off. Um, And having a fence, you know, obviously is such an important physical barrier and could actually save lives. And some of these structures can be covered in either private insurance or Medicaid through a Medicaid waiver. So I want you to research that through your insurance company or your Medicaid and see if it's possible because they are, they are, they are building fences for families who have children with autism, and that saves lives. So, so whether it would keep your child from running away into the woods or running to a neighbor's pool, running into the street, whatever it may be, I know the price on building a fence is, is again, outrageously expensive, just as you know a basket of groceries is as well. And you see so often in these economies, the middle class just getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. But my goodness, something like a fence as your as your child with autism gets older, they get stronger, they get better. Their imagination runs even more wild. And with that, the opportunity to run, to elope, to take off increases. Uh, That's just those are facts. And so I want you to look into that and, and, and you know, whether you have somebody that, that, that you talk to, somebody that, that you speak with um, that helps you with insurance, or if it's just something that you can research on your own, but having a fence built on your property and taken care of by insurance, again, every insurance company is different. Some will, some won't. Some will only do partial. Medicaid, some, some waivers, uh, they'll in- incorporate a, a vehicle um, you know, changes to your vehicle or changes to your home. So vehicle upgrades or residential home upgrades, and that certainly may apply. But I want you to look into that because it is it is very, very important to have a structure that is safe, especially as your kids get older and elopement becomes more and more of a risk. We talked uh, last week about Technology North, one of our newest partners here on the Daily Autism Platform. This is a remarkable organization. The CEO, Ling Huang, is, is really a phenomenal uh, human being. And he built this company really around his son, Brian, uh, who was diagnosed on the autism spectrum. And, and Ling's big question, and I think it's a question whether we, whether we voice it out loud to ourselves uh, or, or we just keep it internal, what does life look like for these kids after high school? Where do they work? How do they make money? How will they care for themselves? Ling got to work, but he didn't just get to work. He, he found success. He found answers. He found a solution. He found a process that is working. It is technologynorth.net. Uh, I invite you to research Ling, research his company. Ling is on to big things. Uh, this is going to be a model, I believe, uh, that is going to overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelmingly dictate the future of employment with uh, with many kids with autism. We're going to be hearing a lot more from Ling uh, in the coming months. TechnologyNorth.net, again, research the company, uh, and I really want you to get excited about their vision, about what they're creating, and the positive impacts it's going to have um, I, I think societally I just I globally I, I, I really do Technologynorth.net and we'll be hearing a lot more from Ling again as the year goes on we are online 24-7 at dailyautism.com where you can connect to all of our social media video channels our podcast platforms America's Autism Hotline our LinkedIn bi-weekly newsletter and more we will see you online at dailyautism.com